1: Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify.
0: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio.
1: 630 Chad most important thing, we make decisions about winning, about putting the best team on the ice. I think it's it goes beyond communication. It goes to a relationship. Here's drilled
0: him with a right hand, then missed with a wild right. Lands a right to the shoulder. You know, It's up to us to uh, get the fans excited. This is Ryan and Hopkins. This is Oscar This is Milan This is Carmen Devin from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Brought to you by Digitex Managed print
1: service to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C A. Now, Boss Offer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers. 6:30, shed. for joining you in the 630 Chet Studios, the city's south side, the Chorus Building. This is Oilers Now. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Lots to get to. Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, digitex buy or lease your next office network printer from the digitex.ca e-commerce store no need to spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps your all-in-one convenient location digitex.ca digitex.ca alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology software it and supplies all right coming up on today's show Edmonton Oilers uh, made it official on Friday, which was long rumored out there, the additions of Tyler Wright, who we heard from on Friday, as head amateur scout and a new head pro scout, former WHL enforcing legend Archie Henderson. Archie will join us today at 12.15. On the heels of arguably maybe the greatest men's final ever in Wimbledon, a guy who knows way too much about tennis and is probably the biggest Roger Federer fan that I know, my play-by-play partner, Jack Michaels. We'll talk about uh, most difficult losses, which will be one of the themes on today's show. In fact, you can jump in early. Text us at six thirty, six thirty 6.30 on the Heartland Ford text line. Go down and see the great Gretzky, Mike Gretzky at Heartland Ford or Griff Jarvis at Heartland RV. Tell them Oilers Now sent you. So, obviously, this show's called Oilers Now. It goes without saying, there's been some tough losses along the ways, right? The final, uh, you know, Game 7, 2006. Go back to Game 7, 1986, That uh, derailed uh, uh, the potential of an order maybe 5-for-5 five five run. Um, from a broadcast perspective for me, Game 5, Edmonton and Anaheim, the order's blowing the 3 nothing lead. And I will tell you that after that game, as we bust back to the hotel, I was concerned that it might alter the course and the direction of the organization of some of the key players, and ultimately it did come to fruition with one of them. But uh, I want to get your thoughts. And again, you can text us at 630-630 because we'll talk about Jack. Jack put the tweet out yesterday. Um, as you know, in your if you're listening to a show called Oilers Now, you're probably a fan of the team. Doesn't just have to be Oilers. Can be other Edmonton-based teams. Can be. I'll tell you for me personally. As much as Game 5 hurt back in uh, 2017, an equally difficult loss for me was when the Alberta Golden Bears in a 39-0-2 season, number one ranked team in the country, chance for an undefeated record because they still had ties back then, lost 6-5 in overtime in uh, New Brunswick back in 2004. As a broadcaster, that one hurt because of the finality. Of the situation, and in the case of the Oilers back in Game Five—not a Game Seven, Game Five—they still had a chance to uh, to win the series. So, I'd like to get your thoughts. Toughest losses? Um, before I started working in the business, definitely for me, 1986 was the toughest loss. That one stung. Got to tell you, 1989 wasn't very good either against LA, uh, especially given the fact that the entire Bruce McNall, uh era of the LA Kings was built on a, a facade. This is a guy who basically embellished his wealth and was able to procure Wayne Gretzky. Uh, As Glenn Sather once said, uh, Wayne Gretzky was sold to the LA Kings. But give me your thoughts on that, and we can talk about different sports, too. I mean, I was a fan of the Dallas Cowboys as a kid. I was a fan of the Montreal uh, Canadiens as a kid. I had a tough one this year, second week in January. Oh, yeah. Watching the Alabama Crimson Tide get absolutely slobber-knockered at the hands of the Clemson Tigers. That was difficult because I'm a fan of Alabama. All right, so we'll have some fun with that. We've also got Manny Viveros. He's the new head coach of the Spokane Chiefs. Spent last season with the Edmonton Oilers as an assistant. I gave you how to text us. Uh, we will go open line with this as well, coming up down the pipe today. At We'll do it today at 105 on a River Creek Resort Casino hotline. Cheap trick. I want you to want me. Coming up August 10th at the River Cree. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. You can tweet us at Oilers now. Tweet me, Bob underscore Stauffer, and tweet Brendan at Brendan Escott. Hey, Brendan, I know you got someone on the line there. Uh, just as an aside, um, this weekend... Besides watching the Wimbledon men's final, uh, I I did a a podcast with Dean Millard, uh, who uh, many moons ago I broke in back in the days of uh, Total Sports when we went to the Total Sport Dream Team model, which included um, some some somewhat highly talented broadcasters in town, including Ryan Rashog. We had uh, Dean. um, We had Jonathan Huntington. uh, Obviously, Mark Spector. Ken Reed was a very entertaining fellow, uh, and Robin Brownlee. So the, we, we had a whole group of guys that were Edmonton area personalities. So I did a podcast with routine. We're going to send a link out to that. It's a longer-format interview discussing maybe what may or may not transpire with the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. This could be an interesting week. That's all I'm going to say. This could be an interesting week. Maybe maybe something happens. All right. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Quickly into the Oilers now, Audio Vault. It is with Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. Tyler Wright making an appearance on the show on Friday talked about his history with Oilers general manager, Ken Holland. Anybody in the hockey inner circle kind of knows if you ever have an opportunity to sit down with Ken Holland uh um, for an extended period of time or a brief stint for that matter you're walking away with some you know, some pretty good stories or some pretty good hockey knowledge um you mean know, the guys uh i mean he's extremely passionate about his tape and obviously he's had success at at, at uh, you know at the higher levels here and um you know He's been a mentor for me for probably the last, you know, 20, 20 some years here. Um, and even, you know, trying to carve myself, uh, a little bit of a path outside of hockey. And, you know, once you turn your page on your career, um, it, it's, about, you know, reinventing yourself. So he definitely has been a, been a real positive influence. All right, that's uh, Tyler Wright uh, on the Oilers Now Audio Vault, brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. We're already getting toughest losses uh, from a a, a fan's perspective, some response here. This comes to us from uh, Tyler. He says, Bob, 1996 Grey Cup, Jake's mistake, the blown call on the fumble down at the goal line. The Eskimos beat the Argos, if not for getting outright screwed by a terrible call. That was in the snow. I think Gizmo had a return for a touchdown in that game. And uh, the other thing that occurred is uh, the, was it Eddie Brown that made the ridiculous catch just off the top of my head? It was absolutely crazy. So there you have it. It is 12-14 in Edmonton. We're going to take a. Thirty-second timeout, and when we come back, we'll hook up with the new director of pro scouting for the Edmonton Oilers, Archie Henderson. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on Oilers Radio, six thirty. Ched, it's twelve fifteen in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer with Oilers Now. Toughest losses. Ah, I remember this one well. Uh, this text comes in from Doug. He says, "Bob, hands down, October nineteenth, nineteen eighty-one, Blue Monday." Remember watching it at uh, school in grade 9, brutal for any passionate Expos fan. And that was the home run by Rick Monday. I was in grade 10, listening to the game on the transistor radio in my class at Harry Inley Composite High School. There you go. That's where I was. And it sucked when the Expos lost. And I was an Expos fan, really a baseball fan until uh, the 94, whatever you want to call it, strike, lockout. Many of you would remember the Saturday Night Live skit where they did the uh, the boat cruise with Major League Baseball players and they slowly mentioned some of the top players and then they sped up and mentioned all 600 players that were currently... It was one of the funniest things of all time. All right. Our next guest uh, was a legend, uh, legendary Western Hockey League enforcer. I actually saw him play in the WHL when he was with Lethbridge. Uh, he was a hard-nosed, tough guy and... Uh, for years, uh, worked in the played in the minor pros, uh, later coached in the Western Hockey League, and has been a, a scout for a long, long time. He joins the Edmonton Oilers as a head pro scout. I've probably seen him the most because I have a catalog of who's in our building, and uh, so I catalog all the pro scouts during the course of the season. Archie Henderson is the new director of pro scouting for the Edmonton Oilers.
1: Hello, Archie. How you doing? Off, I'm off, re- I'm doing really good. How
0: are you doing? Good. Uh, last three years, you've been in our building more than any other Pro Scout, just so you know.
1: Well, that's very nice of you to say though. I, well, I love coming to Edmonton. There you go. And now you've officially
0: uh, come to Edmonton and in the role of uh, Director of Pro Scouting. We had Tyler on the show on Friday. Just a thought on this relationship that you've built with uh, Ken Holland and, and maybe why you guys are philosophically aligned.
1: Well, actually, you know, it goes back a long ways. Um, I first met Ken Holland in about 1974, 75, when he was playing junior hockey in Medicine Hat, and I was playing in Lethbridge. And um, we weren't friends, I wouldn't say that, but as our careers went on through Major Junior and through the American League, he was always around and I was always kind of around. And then we played in Binghamton. Uh, together, And we struck up a uh, uh, kind of a mutual friendship because of our of our uh, uh, passion for the game of hockey. And we became quite close at that time. Um, when he went on to a scouting career later on after playing with the Detroit Red Wings Farm Club in Adirondack, I uh, had played for another year, I believe, and then went on to play as well uh, and went into uh, scouting. And um, our paths crossed many times early on in our career. And... We just sort of always were talking about hockey back and forth, back and forth. And four years ago, he asked me to uh, come and work with him in Detroit, and I did. Um, so I know him quite well. Uh, let me put it that way.
0: All right. Uh, it, just just before we get to how you, maybe you see the game and, and, and the importance of the role of Pro Scouts, and that's, we'd be remiss without talking about your junior career. Uh, you know, Archie. Let's face it. You were you were one of the legendary enforcers in the WHL, and I know you had some battles with the likes of Dave Semenko over the year. Very different game back then, wasn't it? I mean, I, there was, who's the guy out of Jasper that was with Medicine Hat back then as well that uh, came up with the Red Wings? Ah, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, actually, his name was John Hillworth, and his nickname was Jasper. That's right. He played with Ken Holland with the Medicine Hat Tigers. Yeah. Yeah, the game, the game has definitely changed as far as that part of it goes, but um, it's still a very, very competitive game. Uh, you want players that, that are coming to play uh, and compete hard every night. The the other stuff, what we're talking about from back in that time, is not in the game uh, anywhere near what it was back then, and, and that's a good thing, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you – I mean, when you did that role, did you ever – you know, there was some, like, George Larocque told me there was only a couple times he really couldn't, you know, sleep after a morning skate. You were shuttling up and down between the minors and the pros, but is it, like, some guys actually like to fight. Uh, did you like doing that, or was it just part of what you had to do to have a job?
1: You know, it's a great question. It was actually part of what I had to do to have a job. Early on in my, in my career, you know, I have to admit, yeah, I did like it. Um, Um, but as time goes on that wears off obviously um you know you 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 get married for example you have children and to be honest with you, at the end of my career, I just got tired of coming home with, with, with cuts on my face or black eyes and stuff like that. So you knew it was time to, to, to end your career, for myself anyways. But there were, there were guys, I mean, back in those days, you bring up a, a legendary player in Dave Semenko, who, who was you know certainly one of the guys at the top of my list at that time for sure that you faced uh, on a night-in, night-out basis. And did I ever sweat and did I ever lose sleep? Absolutely. Every time that I played, and especially later on in my career, Bob, because there were players like Bob Probert was coming up the ladder. And if you're a belt holder at any league and you're sort of at the top of the, the food chain, these younger guys are looking to make a mark. And it, it, it becomes really tough at the end of it. Dave Semenko would have went through the same thing, I'm sure, Uh, And and, and he would tell you if he was here with us, he'd tell you the same thing. But um, I don't regret anything I did. It was the way that I was able to stay in the game. And um, so we'll just leave it at that. I wish that I could have have been a 50-goal scorer, but I wasn't.
0: Well, uh, hey, at least you played in the Western Hockey League. I lacked the speed, talent, agility, coordination, toughness, character, and discipline to have made it to that level. Uh, What what was it like? We'll get to the pro stuff in a second. What was it like playing against New West? Because, I mean, They had as tough a team as there was. And for our listeners that don't know, at one point, New West's defense, when they had Barry Beck on D, they were bigger than the Philadelphia Flyers of the late 1970s. I mean, uh, those, you know, Punch McLean was their head coach. I I can't imagine that was a great place to go into.
1: Well, you know what? It it, it wasn't. And I'll be honest with you. When I first played junior hockey as a 17-year-old, I really didn't have any aspirations, Bob, of of being a professional hockey player. My mother and father had wanted me to go to university and <laughs> wanted me to, to become a civic engineer, actually. And that was my plan. I was, I was actually a very good student in high school, and I got this letter to go try out for Leftbridge, and, and I went and I made the team. So I really didn't know anything about New Westminster at the time. And as we're going over the mountains, and, and you know, you would play Kamloops, and then you would, you would head into the Vancouver area to play New Westminster. A lot of the guys on the club, like Brian Crotche, uh, Ron Delorme, uh, you know, Lauren Mullican was a goalie at that time. These were sort of the older veteran guys. They told me, they said, you know, Archie, you better be ready going into this rink in the New West Minister. And I was thinking, ah, how bad can it be, you know? <laughs> and, 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 and and as and as we're going up the winding road through 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 the New West uh, uh, Park, I forget what the name of the park was, but the arena. Um, Queens, Park. Getting- Queens Park. Queens Park. That's yep. right. And, and 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 literally, you could hear guys on the bus starting to get ill and starting to get starting to not feel good and 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 i'm i'm looking around and going what the heck like i you know this can't be that bad and we would get off the bus and and we'd go into the dressing room very very quiet and nobody said anything you'd be sitting there and and inevitably every game it seemed where somebody would open up their equipment bag and they would say oh my god i forgot my skates meaning that they didn't have to play that night so my my first game i remember going out in warm-up and um, of course, in those days, uh, the, the, the new Westminster Bruins were totally black. Uh, their uniforms were black, their pants were black, their helmets were back, black. And they were skating around. You would skate around together and warm up, and they were basically telling you what they were going to do to you. And uh, it, it really was a scary environment. Myself, I'll be honest with you, I really didn't let it bother me. But I'll tell you, when I did line up on my red line to go in and shoot an our goalie and two of their guys were in our line shooting on our goalie. And, yeah, I did start to
0: get a little bit afraid. That's crazy. Years later, uh, the Prince Albert Raiders stole other teams' nets, and that was it. And then only one team of the WHL uh, went on the ice for a warm-up at, at once. Archie Henderson joining us. He's the Oilers' director of pro scouting. Uh, Archie, uh, and we've talked a lot over the years about Oilers' prospects because you and John Van Boxmeer we are a couple guys in particular that I can think of that spent a lot of time – because I don't know if people are aware of this. You're not just scouting the NHL guys in your region – but you're also scouting the American Hockey League players as well. It's important to get a gauge at where you're at there as well.
1: You no, know, for sure. And I've been fortunate to be able to see a lot of the young kids that Edmonton has in the organization. I guess that's one advantage I'm going to have going in. Um, you know, there there has been over the course of the years a real lack of legitimate NHL prospects in the organization and in the last couple of years that has been uh changed and there are some young players that that we do believe have good futures ahead of them especially on the back end I mean you've got you've got Caleb Jones you got Ethan Bear you got Ladison you got Bouchard you got Samarukov. I mean I I would say that uh, in the American League level, as far as prospects go, those five may be as good as any other NHL team has playing in their system to develop them into NHL defensemen up front. You've got Tyler Benson, you've got Yamamoto, you've got Morati. There are uh, uh, good young players coming now, which is, a real, which is a real positive. And then, of course, with the, uh, the first-round draft pick this year, everyone's got to be happy with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, one final one for you, uh, and, and Archie. If we get a chance, maybe closer to camp, maybe we can get you in studio uh, at the arena when you're uh, when you're rolling in Edmonton, maybe in late August, early September. But just to, uh, uh, so you take over. Dwayne, Dwayne Sutter was the director of pro before. I know that the Orders had a couple uh, pro time, uh, pro scouts, Chris Chikaki, who you would have seen on the trails. He did mostly the West. Paul Messier, uh, who was based in Montreal, does the East. Have you made any you know i would say the orders were actually light in pro scouts have you discussed ken sort of the concept moving forward with what you'd like out of your staff
1: yes we have and and those decisions will all be made ultimately by by kenny uh as far as adding people um, right now, it's status quo. Um, I mean, the guys are still under contract, obviously. So Chris, Chris will be working in the west and Paul will be working in the east. Scotty Howzen is going to step up and do uh, uh, more pro scouting for us. Um, I will uh, definitely be on the road a lot um, covering off on a lot of those guys and also with an area that I will be taking care of as well. Um, but I will have to spend time with the big club and the Meyer league team as well. We're sort of going through that right now, Bob, as far as team assignments and stuff like that for each and every scout. But I do know that um, uh, our coverage uh, moving forward is going to be quite a lot heavier. Uh, maybe than it has in the past and I have talked to Kenny about about coverage not just in North America but worldwide because we need to uh, make sure that we cover or we turn over every stone Uh, and there are so many different leagues uh, uh, not just in North America but in Europe where we uh, have to find a player and as you know you've been around the Oilers for a long time full scouting is a little bit of a different gig because you're really looking for undervalued players and you're looking for that you know that one guy that's a needle in the haystack and the only way you can do that is by having proper coverage across the board
0: Archie, uh, appreciate your time uh your loving testament to that when you made your way down to Lethbridge last year for the university cup uh that's touch base down the road okay
1: sounds great bob thanks for having me off uh, on and i look forward to seeing you and spending time
0: All right, thanks a lot. That's Archie Henderson. He is the director of pro scouting for the Edmonton Oilers. It is 1228 in Edmonton. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. Right on. And when we come back, Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.